We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, welcome back. We've made it through yet another week. I know I'm happy that it's Friday, and I think my co-hosts probably are too. Thanks for joining us for another after show of Defending Jacob, episode six. Wishful thinking. I'm Latoya Blakely, your host, and I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Kay Montgomery, who is our human development and school counseling professional. Welcome. Hey, hey, how's it going? And we also have Elgin Ball, who is a huge Chris Evans fan. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> um, <laughs> that means he's really excited to be here. <laughs> no, I am, though. I'm just like, I'm trying to hold it in because I'm ready to just... There's so right much to it. talk about. All right, well, let's just jump right in, y'all. Today, we are going to be talking about Duffy's Olive Branch, Pat's as suspect 1B, and then the doctor's report. Um, We also have a special segment brought to us by Kay. We have news and gossip brought by Elgin. We're going to have some predictions. Um, So let's just jump right in with overall thoughts. Elgin, let's start with you. What did you think about this episode? It was a lot of family drama. Um... I thought it was crazy. I like this episode. I thought it was very well paced, and they dropped in a couple of gems here and there as well. I'm kind of mad we didn't get to see Sarah, but that's all right. I feel like we're going to see her towards these last two episodes, but it was this episode was exciting. It was kind of uh, thrilling, too, in some parts. So, Okay, what'd you think? Yeah, I agree with Elgin. A lot of suspense from um, Lori being chased in the car and trying to figure out who was driving the car to them going to Pat's house and, you know, serving him the warrant and searching his apartment to um, them getting the cell phone and finally being able to look through that. There was a lot of like on the edge of your seat, like what's the reveal uh, moment happening in this episode? I really like this episode as well. And something that's kind of a theme that's become apparent to me in this episode was really the strength of the women in this series. Um, And it's not a show that's really necessarily about the women. I mean, the show is about Jacob and and Andy and really this family protecting their son, but Detective Duffy and the defense attorney and Lori, like to me, they all really shined in this episode. Um, So I enjoyed this episode and I feel like there's a lot for us to talk about. So let's just jump right in, starting with that olive branch that Duffy offered Andy that caught me by surprise. Like, I thought she was done with him. And then in this episode, she was beyond friendly and did 
way more than what was required of her. And I even started to suspect a little like, is, is there going to be more than friendship? <laughs> so I just want to know what y'all thought about Detective Duffy and Andy this episode. Um, I think I'm going to hold out some of my stuff for Andy at the end because I don't want things to blow up this early on into the show. But <laughs> I kind of like, I, I, I'm telling you because I got some tea. I'm not even going to lie. But oh. I feel like Duffy, it was kind of weird that she extended out all her branches, definitely, uh, especially because of what last happened. Like she was rolled off on dude. She was like, I'm going to give you this last type of information. I'm leaving. And then for her to like extend an olive branch out of nowhere, I don't know if she felt sorry for him or or whatever. It was just kind of weird. It was kind of offsetting. So I don't know. Yeah, um, I think the whole situation with everybody being really acting very odd about his dad and being super shocked at it and um kind of scandalizing it I think that part is a little overblown for me I'm just like what's the big deal his dad's in prison like I, I don't know what, why it's so like big shocking news for everybody I did like that um Duffy came out and she alluded to the fact that she had d divulged that to Chris before that her brother had been in jail or you know had gotten into some trouble we took it all we brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And so that was really interesting. I was like, hmm, that walks down that fake friendship idea again, where she shared something very personal about her life with you, about a family member that's in prison. You're in the same situation, but you didn't divulge that, you know, that it happened to you. You didn't even say, oh, that happened to a family member of mine. I know how you feel. You didn't even have to go into details and be like, it's my dad. Um, but so I thought that was really interesting when talking about him and forming connections and friendships with people. So you know, he still hadn't, you know, done that, even when given the opportunity to. I miss that. I never caught that Detective Duffy's brother had been in trouble. Yeah, she said that when they were in the... Did you catch that, Elgin? In, in this particular episode? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she was saying her brother, like... She didn't, like, specifically go into details, but she said that she can understand Andy because her brother's kind of going through the same thing. I don't know yeah. how I missed that. Was that when they were like <laughs> in the office? Um, yeah. On the way out. Yeah on, yeah, on the way out. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. <laughs> um, but I agree with you, Elgin. I felt like it came out of nowhere. Like the last episode when we saw them, Detective Duffy and Andy together, she was kind of like, no, I'm not risking my job for you. We're not friends. Mm -hmm. And then this episode, she was his best friend from really showing support for him um, when they were all there to when Andy and the defense attorney were there to look at the cell phone, um, mm -hmm. Detective Duffy was very supportive and was like, if you need something, call me. Like, you know how to find me. And then we see her in his house, sitting at the table when Lori comes home. And yeah. Right, it just kind of came out of nowhere, as well as when they were together in the office. I don't know why, but I could really see the beginning of them supporting each other 
um, in different ways. And I, and I really wondered, is this going to end up being more than just friendship at some point? Did y'all not, y'all didn't see that? I'm the only one. Nah. Well, nah, that's a part of my grander scheme. I, I, yeah, I kind of saw that. Y'all are leaving me hanging. Yeah, it's like, no one's talking. Everyone's up mute. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> So I don't think so. This far in, we have too many pieces to deal with. We only have two more episodes. I don't think that that's going to happen. Okay. Mm -mm. So you just thought she was being a good friend. Yes. I think in light of certain situations, like, I think that she probably doesn't like Neil. It seems like kind of nobody likes Neil. Neil is the church has not changed. So I think that the Neil situation combined with being getting that information about the cell phone and then also getting the information on cats and then also somebody suspicious outside of their house. I think it's just like a combination of a different, a bunch of different factors that makes her feel like a little bit more like he needs her and kind of protective um, over him or wanting to help the family in whatever way. I did think it was interesting that Andy can't even take a little schoolboy taunt without trying to jet this dude up outside. And his wife took spit in the face and kept moving. I was like, you're not, Andy, you are not built for this situation, boo. Like, that's why Lori is going to be the one to really pull it out. Because Andy ain't built for this. He all off the cup going crazy inside the office. Like, I thought you supported Andy's reckless behavior. <clears throat> yeah, not in that article she wrote on him being a psycho, but... <laughs> <laughs>
But I do wonder how much of it is truly him and how much of it is what he's had to become to survive where he is. Because yeah. even with that, I'm sorry, go ahead, Elton. Oh, no, oh, yeah, I got that same inkling, though, when he was on that phone call. Like, I, I, I was, like, thinking he was going to say, like, I really didn't do this. That's, like, the thought I was getting every time he was saying something on that phone, but he never said it. So I kind of felt the same way, too, with that. Yeah, and even with the news story when he was watching it in the prison, the people around him was like, yeah, yeah, like murder son, murder grandson. And he was kind of- he's like- Right? Like, ooh, <laughs> not quite. Because right. he supported in what he had brought. That's laid at his feet. If you were there, <laughs> I'm thinking he was thinking if maybe he was there and had been a better father or whatever, even though Andy has made good for himself. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really weird that the picture that they showed, this is just a total random thing. But I was like, why the picture that the news had is a is a current picture of the dad? You don't take update pictures in prison? Like, they wouldn't have an updated picture of him. They would have had a picture when he got booked when he was like 27. Like, why is that picture about it? I just thought that was weird. That was just an aside. That's like, interesting. Update glamour shots in prison? Why do you have a comedy of anyway. <laughs> I thought That's that was so weird. Okay. That's- Before we move on, I just want to take a moment and thank all of our viewers for watching. We could not do this show without you. We appreciate you showing up, watching, listening. Leave us comments, five stars, thumbs up. Let us know what you're thinking. I know that we love watching the show and we love showing up to talk about it. And so thank you for watching. Andy is on a path to clear his son's name. And he gets another unknown phone call. But this time, we find out who it is. And we well, we already know who it is. He found out who it was, which (laughs) leads to the the meeting between Matt and Andy, which then puts Pat back in the spotlight. What did y'all think about that part of of this episode? Oh, you know me from last episode. I was so excited to see Matt again. I was like, Matt (laughs) <laughs> what, what did he win last time? The Oscar? You said he was an Oscar. In this here um situation. Okay. Let me just say that I did say in episode four, he should have just went to Matt with money. Oh. You Can did. I tell I you that? And y'all was like, that's them. But <laughs> that would have been tampering with a witness and that would have come back to bite him. Oh, he they even asked that question. I thought Matt was going to tell. I was like, oh, Matt, don't tell that he went to your house and cussed you out. Like, please. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> I was glad to see um, Andy's boss kind of pulling for him. Could you feel that? Like, she really wanted to, like, okay, yeah, let's go check out Pat's. You know, she was kind of like, uh, because, you know, Neil was like, well, I don't have to see him, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I thought it was really vulnerable the story was shocking I mean that's when he I'm not calling it a story because I don't think it's true but he you know what he told the the information he divulged about letting Pat basically assault him that whole situation just blew my mind I was like what I could have never guessed that in a million years and the fact that he was getting money for it and like Oh, it was just such a sordid situation that just broke my heart. But um, but yeah, then that makes them doubt him, right? As a witness. So yeah, that part was that part was crazy. I just wanted um I felt like Andrew wasn't being very 
patient with him when they sat down to talk about it. And I was like, just let him talk. Cause he was like, what is it? What? Blah, 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 blah. You know, he just be going a hundred. And I was like, let him talk. He's so fragile. Yeah. This, it was a very, I don't think I've ever seen anything. Maybe I don't watch crime drama novel stuff enough, but the idea that a kid would let a grown man do that to him for money. And then that is part of the show. I just have never seen anything like that before ever. It blew my mind. It That's blew my interesting. Mind. I, I can't remember that. It shocked me. I don't know. I'm sure. Go ahead. I knew I kind of knew that was the situation though because you you kind of saw early on that he didn't want to talk about the actual truth of what happened because it kind of went against how he was acting. He was trying to act like this tough person, and he had you knew he had like some sort of relationship with Pat when he like when they found out that he reported him. So if you act in a contradictory way, it's kind of like there there was something more than what happened in the situation that you told. So I already knew it was something like that when that scene happened so it just all got confirmed so I don't know yeah I think I'm with Elgin like I I can't say that I necessarily saw that but I'm not surprised mm-hmm. by that and this kid is so like all over the place that I'm also not surprised that he was like you can touch me over my clothes for a hundred bucks I just oh. I mean, that kid's mm-hmm. all over the place, right? Uh, like, yeah. like I'm he would have offered some money. He could have got that story weeks ago. So here's my question to you, Latoya, as a lawyer. Yes. He came to the lawyer's offices and said, I let him touch me over my clothes for an extended period of time. He's still a young kid. Why aren't they charging pets? Well, With that- the, the, remember when Matt went and visited him, I think they, not Matt, Andy, we found out that they dropped the case and I think they dropped the case because they also felt like something was like shady about it. Mm-hmm. And to me, and I think Pax is already a registered sex offender. So to me, this wouldn't be enough to go back and like try to charge him. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. I'm a defense attorney. I'm not a prosecutor, but my thoughts would be that there's not enough and it wouldn't be worth it. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's still sexual assault because this kid can't consent to it. Right. But I just think it's messier and not worth it. Okay. In my but opinion. If you want to get the warrant, they could say, we heard he messed with a kid and they don't have to follow up with that type of... Well, the warrant was based on, you know, probable cause of him being involved with Ben. Ben. Based okay. on what Matt said about, like, I knew... Not he necessarily what Matt Right, 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 right. I, I don't think he I had any He mentioned a kid named Ben. Okay. Right. And I Got still it. think it was a stretch, right? Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if in the real world that would amount to enough probable cause to lead to a search warrant, but I do think that that's what it was based on. Got you. Yeah. Okay. okay. I had a question. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm like, now you don't, you threw me off. Um, <laughs> no, but I just... Like, like, we need a lawyer for this. The toy will know. I think that... Um, yeah, no, I, I think that Matt did it. He let him touch him for a hundred bucks. Yeah. And I think if you're that money driven, right, then like that's really not a big deal. Like I mm-hmm. back to being a lawyer, I think about things that my clients have some clients have done for money. And in my mind, I'm like, oh no, 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 no. But like if that's your end goal, you want the money or need the money, then people are willing to do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. 
So I believe that. So anyway, so Pats is back on the radar. <laughs> the search warrant. Um, they come up with nothing. Y'all, I just have to say, I kind of felt sorry for Pats. The way he, he like woke up, answered the door. I just feel like if we learned about Pats as a child, he was probably abused and neglected and didn't get love and like had no friends. Like to me, he's just this sad being. Like he's so sad looking. And I just felt bad for him and the way he stood at the door and like let them in. Like he, he looked like a sad, broken puppy. And yeah, I, I saw that in his demeanor. <laughs> I saw that. It was sad. Like, All right. Kay's like, I am sad. He got Yeah, it. she like, she <laughs> like, nah. No, he is. He definitely, I do not disagree with that. Did he probably have a child? child? Of course. He's also a sexually friend. But that's how that pizza joint's trying to entice kids playing um, uh, uh, Miss Pac Man to. Um, oh, he's definitely a predator for sure. Um, but he he's played very well and that he his character the guy that plays him is able to show that childlike vulnerability he isn't the creepy like dirty nasty pedophile that you normally picture in your mind when you think of a pedophile a lot of the times how he's played does make him seem vulnerable and childlike and you do kind of feel like oh man this guy you know but I think a lot of I mean, that takes us down a whole different road, but I would imagine a lot of pedophiles are more like him than maybe what you're imagining because it le- like something leads to that kind of behavior. But that's a whole different... Right at home. <laughs> it's just, it's doing an excellent job. Yeah, but they don't come up with anything. And so I think that as far as like the DA's investigation, Pats is no longer on their radar. Detective Duffy says, basically, I'll kind of keep looking into this um but what do you all think like do you think that pat's hat like do you think he did it do you think he's involved mm-hmm. you, you just think he go ahead lj i don't i don't think he is and the way the my thing it is they shows always try to distract you with this overtly obvious character especially in these crime shows and try to make you think it's this person when it's really not and i think with Pats is that I don't I think that he would be a suspect, but I don't think he would actually go to the lens of killing. So I think his thing is more so an infatuation with the person. Um and you see that with the pictures in Ben's phone, but I don't think he would actually reach over across to that that side of killing somebody, which makes me think that somebody else killed them. Um which is another theory for um another time. <laughs> but I don't think it was Pat. Okay, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I wanted to be pets, but after they could, didn't find a knife, especially that that not finding the knife is what kind of did it for me because I could see him having some kind of sordid relationship, maybe with Ben that soured, and then him getting angry and maybe stabbing Ben to death. But then where's the knife, right? Like, um, <clears throat> and he doesn't feel like a person that would have things planned out enough to where he would have stabbed him and taken a knife and then been able to throw a knife somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't think about this until we started this conversation, but I could see a situation where maybe he approached Ben and physically tried to touch him. And maybe Ben had the knife, you know, it just, I could see a situation where like that wasn't Pat's 
Pat's goal. Like maybe he had like a physical goal, Ben tried to defend himself and protect himself, and then it just went bad. I'm not saying that's what happened, and I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily saying I think that's what's ha- what happened, but I could see that happening. Okay. okay. So On we go. <laughs> On we go. <laughs> so I'm like, Jacob turned 15 on the 17th. I don't know what month we're in. I just know it's the 17th of this month. <laughs> Jacob turns 15. And while he's doing schoolwork with his tutor, Andy and Lori go to the doctor's office to find out the results of, of the doctor's interviews and this report that she's put together. Okay. I'm like, walk us, walk us through the findings because I got lost. Well, you <laughs> guys too. know from, from prior episodes, we wanted a Maury Povich moment. We were like, where is the Maury Povich? Because last time Andy knows you are the killer. You are a killer. Um, yeah, so they're in Dr. Vogel's office and she is doing like any great doctor will do who has a report for you with a bunch of different moving pieces. In school, we have... Um, things called IEP reports where we go over with students if they have like special learning plans or, um, you know, any type of like depression issues, things like that. The whole team gets together and they, this is like the way of the professional is to never give you the full results. You know, you got to read the 2,800 page packet. You have to come up with your own, you know, decision. I'm just giving you the results type of deal. So her you know, continually pressing Dr. Vogel on, like, basically, did, did was he capable of it? I was just like, lady, like, that is, that's not her job at all. It's your job to take the data that she's giving you and then decide, which, I mean, I think we all know that Lori has already decided. Like, she thinks, I, I think she's hoping that he's innocent, but she at least thinks that he's capable, whereas Andy doesn't even think he's capable, period, right? So we learn that they don't have the murder, you know, the M-A-O-A, the murder gene, because that passes through the mom. And I was just kind of like, why didn't y'all tell us that a long time ago? That seemed confusing. Um, But Mm -hmm. going through the report, flipping through, she could see different things. Like he's antisocial, manipulative, can be violent. Um, All of these really interesting things that, I thought when she read through him, I was like, hmm, is she realizing that this also is describing Andrew to a certain extent? Um, and then Dr. Vogel says, basically, whatever this, this different gene is, um, all the barber men have it. Which so, felt mm-hmm. kind of anticlimactic because it really doesn't prove anything. But I, like she said, it's a mitigating factor just in case he does get um, found guilty, then they can go back and basically say he get it from his daddy. So I don't know. I thought that whole situation is is interesting, but just kind of um, strange, for lack of a better term. Like the idea that you're going to use that as a mitigating factor that is in his genes if he gets. I don't know. I don't know. What, like- what were thoughts about the whole it feels very eugenics to me about that whole idea of something that's behavioral being a quality that can be passed down and for something so behavioral such as committing murder you know what I mean just because you're antisocial and violent and manipulative doesn't mean you're going to be a murderer I'm, I'm, all, I'm a great person no, I'm just kidding 
what are your thoughts? Um, I found it to be very interesting because I've never seen a scene like that go down on a television show, especially like a crime show. So it felt very, it was just weird watching it, like them discussing the, the, where the jeans came from. And if I'm not mistaken, they said some of those jeans came from Lori, right? I well, they from murder gene runs through the mom, I thought. That but, I, but I thought they said Andy had that gene. I thought they said that Andy and his dad had the gene, but that Jacob didn't have the gene, the murder gene. Oh, I believe, yeah, I think, yeah. I okay. think so. There was a lot of information though. Like that's definitely it was. something that's, I could go back and rewatch. Yeah, that's why I was like trying to like think in my head, okay, well, they said from the mom this and then from the dad this. So I'm like, so what does he have? I know for sure that they said that he lacks a certain amount of empathy. Um, he's very violent and all these other things. So in my opinion, I feel like all those things are true, which is why in my mind, I think he's the killer. Um, but yeah, I, I just found that scene to be very interesting. It was just, I've never seen that go down on television before. You know what, I was waiting for them to say, and based on the test that we ran, Andy, there's no way that Jacob is your son. Like that's what oh, I would've, I would've that's exactly what I thought was gonna happen. I was like, uh, what, come on now. <laughs> But Lori out here cheating. <laughs> that is what I thought was going to happen. But I was very confused. There was a lot happening and a lot to be processed. Mm-hmm. I actually applaud Lori for taking an honest look at her son. I think so many parents just want to believe that their kid is nothing but the best and my child isn't capable of that. And Lori's like, I hope and pray he's not capable of it, but I know what I've seen in my child. Um, mm-hmm. And so I kind of understand her pressing the doctor. And to me, it's clear that the doctor has an opinion. She's just rolling with that excuse of like, that's not my job to answer that. So right. I don't have anything to, that say, to you. say. That was, that's like, yeah, that's like part of her oath. She can't professionally diagnose and give her opinion. Sorry, go mm-hmm. ahead. But I mean, the whole point of this report was to help them in trial, right? So that if the prosecutor brought up the murder gene and tried to say that Jacob was um, genetically, I guess, predestined to be a murderer, then they would have this report and this information to say like, no, he doesn't have that gene. But it does seem based on Lori flipping through the report that there is a lot of damning um, diagnosis, diagnoses in the report that do lend to Jacob potentially being violent and or hurtful to people around him. And I also thought it was interesting that Jacob so wanted to know the results of the report, as well as his reaction when Lori told him that he did not have the murder gene. Did y'all have thoughts about any of that? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I think the key piece for me is that he lacks empathy. I think that's for me, where the real trouble lies because of course his dad doesn't want to believe anything he's like that's a teenager that's a teenager but when it comes to a lack of empathy that's not a teenager like children learn empathy super early and so for him not to have that is a big deal and for him not at any point throughout this whole process 
to not once worry about Ben, Ben's parents, Ben's family, Ben's friends. He's all, only constantly worried about himself, right? And how he might be perceived. And I thought it was interesting that he did say, um, basically something when his dad went off on him for being on the computer, being online. And he was like, what is wrong with you? You know, and he said, there's nothing wrong with me. I think if he is innocent, I think his struggle now is that he saw someone dying, flipped them over and kept moving. You know what I mean? That lack of empathy, that like monstrous side, maybe he's had some delusions of murder or he's thought about killing Ben before, even though he didn't do it. The idea that he found him and he was dead and he didn't help him immediately or come to his aid or tell anybody. I think that is what he's struggling with now. And so that whole like, am I a monster? Do I have the murder gene? Does me essentially lacking empathy and helping him say something greater about who I am as a person? I think that's what he's struggling with if he's if he is truly innocent. Yeah, well, he's definitely not struggling with killing Ben because, I mean, the guy, first off, I could list so many things on here. One, the guy watches cutter porn. Um, two, he called Sarah uh, a, a hoe, essentially, without even caring about her feelings. Three, that scene when uh, everything went down, him not caring about, you know, it was just a joke about him portraying himself as a killer and then the result. It's just so much evidence stacked up against him. And it's like, the show is trying to make it seem that it's not like him by like throwing all these other oddballs at us. But I'm my mind is convinced. Like my mind is dead on that this kid killed, killed Ben at this point. So... I don't know. I think that'll be interesting. Um, and I, I'm with now I'm mm -hmm. with Elgin. I have so much to say, but I feel like I should save it because it moves into predictions. I agree yep. with what both of you all said that Jacob is only concerned with Jacob. And the things mm -hmm. that he's really interested in, I find very odd. It's like he like he gets a self-esteem boost. Um, when people are talking about him in connection to this murder, like when he's in the car and he's texting his friend and he says, mm -hmm. oh, it's so-and-so at camp and, you know, a kid doesn't believe that he knows me. So he's trying to prove that he knows me. And it's like that makes him feel good. Right. Um, and yeah. then that weird smirk that he gave when he found out he tested negative for the murder gene, which then makes me think, what if he really did kill Ben and he, he feels like he beat the lot of that ass? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all something here. <laughs> like, there's just so much. Yeah, there's a lot. So let's I keep it moving. Oh, no, go ahead, LJ. No, I thought I was the only one that caught that smirk. I was like, I caught that smirk. I was, was like, this is some slick stuff. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> there is definitely a smirk. I feel like we have a lot to talk about in predictions. So before we get there, Kay, what do you have to, for us today with special segment? So our special segment is Innocent in America. You guys know all about the Innocence Project um, that helps get people off that were wrongly convicted. One interesting case I came across, I mean, honestly, guys, you cannot be on this website too long. It is so... It's so disheartening what happens in the justice system. I just had to turn off my computer and go to bed. I was like, I can't look at any more of these. So you guys, 
Uh, but we do need to be pushed into action. Okay, so there's this guy, Timothy Bridges. Um, he ended up getting a life sentence and serving 25 years um, before the Innocence Project found him and got him exonerated. But basically, um, the FBI used to do this thing where they tested, where they trained agents to do microscopic hair analysis, which later turned out to be, um, I don't want to say fake science, but like completely incorrect the way that they were doing these hair analysis and processing them. So much so that 257 cases out of 268, that's 96% of cases that were linked to a defendant to a crime where hair analysis were done, were found to be scientifically invalid. And that was just in this like one state. So it blew my mind that this guy has been serving 25 years for a rape slash burglary that they claim he did because they found two hairs on the scene that the analysis said matched his hair, which did not. Even though there was a bloody palm print also found on the, um, in the, on the premises that he didn't match. They didn't care about the palm print matching. They went totally on the hair analysis and then they had three FBI informants that were paid and also that were given promises and had threats made against them to testify. And so they used their testimony with the hair analysis to convict this guy. So it was a super sad case, but he got exonerated with the Innocence Project. He's now out in like trying to build his life back together. He's living with his dad. He's got a new car. But it's just like a really insane story of hair analysis, which is like faulty scientific evidence. And I'm seeing more and more, like that's a rabbit hole to go down, seeing more and more stuff about faulty hair analysis. And it's just blowing my mind. But anyway, he's out, you guys. That is the upside. I encourage you to go and support the Innocence Project because they're just doing amazing work. But Kay, that brings up another point, which was kind of highlighted in this episode. And that's when the prosecutor or the detective or the investigator or that team gets so focused on one suspect that they yes. refuse to look at other potential Does that happen? I was oh. watching that like, like, what are they doing? And the yeah. oh, this is what blew my mind, Latoya, hiding the evidence. You get evidence like a cell phone or whatever evidence you get, and you don't turn it over to CPAC. And you That's crazy. That, like, like, it happens. And I think that people forget that, like, we really are supposed to all be on the same team, and that's the team of finding the truth and, and justice being served. And it's so adversarial, and it's so like Neil in this show, like, he just wants to win at all costs. And even Detective Duffy said about Neil, like, he's so convinced he's gonna win and he's like overly confident and mm -hmm. like that's scary because it should never be about the win but should always be about what's right exactly so i enjoy the special segment and i appreciate the fact that you're highlighting that innocent people go to jail often you know i think that if one innocent person goes to jail like that's one too many but there are so many of these cases of innocent people serving time and we're talking about long periods of time, not a few months. Decades, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Thank you for your special segment. That takes us to Elgen with news and gossip. Yes, y'all. So it ain't much news out here in these streets these last few weeks, but 
it is the penultimate episode next week. So y'all just make sure y'all stay tuned and, and clutch your pearls or whatever you got to do, whatever <laughs> saying it is, <laughs> and just be ready. So that's pretty much that. All right. Well, let's mm-hmm. get to predictions. Okay. Let's start with you. <laughs> now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, we want to give a shout out to William. I think it's Diaz, um, who's been tweeting out about our show on Twitter, just being an awesome fan um, and supporting us. He actually plays Father O'Leary in the show, who is the bald guy in the car waiting outside when Andrew rolls up to him with a crowbar and your dude don't even flinch. He just be like, "You need to go in the house about your family, boo." Like. Why are you outside with me? It was the best. I think that he sent from Billy. I think he's a strong arm dude from Billy Barber that Billy used to know maybe back in his shady days or from prison. And he is actually watching out for Jacob's family. Um, and some kind of way, I think Billy is going to spend spin this whole situation so that he can make some money. I think he's going to talk to a reporter or something and be able to publish a story or some kind of expose or something so he can get some money on his books or some, some situation. He, he doing some like little nefarious thing. I also think that Billy is straight up guilty. I think he really did murder that girl. But that's the most I have and I I'm crossing my fingers that we get to see Sarah um, because for me this show is now saving Sarah, <laughs> defending Sarah. I ain't worried about what Jacob okay. doing or done. That's uh, me. Uh, Elton, talk to us. Well, she Kay took half of my theory, which is fine. Like I guess it's I like yeah, but that <laughs> man, the PI, uh, he's gonna flip this whole entire episode because usually when you you put someone late in a game. It, it means that they're there for a big reason. Um, also, I rewatched some of the episodes specifically for the flashbacks. And I'm like, now something happened to Lori and Jacob because in these flashbacks, this man looks defeated the whole entire time. I went all the way from episode one flashbacks all the way to now uh, with Andy. And it seems like he just has a defeatist demeanor. So I'm like, something happened to them. So that's my prediction. Okay, all right. I agree with Kay about the man in the car. Who said, what's his name? Father O'Leary? Father O'Leary. Okay. I yes. When I saw him, I was like, he way too hard and gangster. Like, he's got to be related <laughs> to like dad in some way. <laughs> so I do think that's, that he has to do with dad. Um, I don't know. I think that we may see something happen between Duffy and Andy. Like, they were so in it together this episode out of nowhere that I just feel mm-hmm. like that storyline has to go somewhere as well as I feel like we've seen Lori distancing herself from this family almost from She's the spiraling. beginning right like she is like I don't know y'all I don't know what you're capable of and I'm not here for it um and Andy is just a loose cannon like he's all I've said this every episode he's always angry he's jacking up kids you know (laughs) lying about investigations like something is not right with Andy um and I'm just interested there's something I don't know what that something is but I do think that something's gonna come out Hmm. about him so there's a lot that could happen 
And I'm. I think he's innocent. I'm like ready for next episode. You know what we didn't Ooh, get. Me when when Duffy says to him, I believe you would have done the right thing. And he says, no, if it was me, I would have buried that phone too. Nobody would have found out about that phone. Remember when they were at the police station? And so I was just like, that's really interesting. Like Duffy sees the best in him. Who really knows the real him? Like, does he even know himself? Is Duffy right about him or is Duffy wrong about him? Like he said to her, um, I would have been just like Neil. I mean, he did train Neil. Oh yeah, so, when he said that, it just no, it just made me think he's another dirty prosecutor. Yeah, which is what we went back to earlier—the fact that they're willing to do whatever it takes to win instead of doing the right thing. Yeah, it's gonna be more dirt from him next episode. More Andy dirt. is Andy is interesting. <laughs> on that note, where can our viewers find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at host K H O S T K A Y. Also, I do a live tweet along um, every week. So make sure you check that out and we hitting a ton of memes. And I also wrote an article for Afterbus TV about why Andy is a psychopath, you guys. So come and follow me and read it. Did you say other after shows where they can find you? Um, you can find me on the Black Hollywood Reporter and that's on every Monday. Nice. All right. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Elgin underscore ball. And I'm going to also be live tweeting about defending Jacob. And you guys can find me on the Avatar, Black Twitter, and Reno 911 after shows as well. I'm Latoya Blakely. You can find me on Instagram at Latoya period Blakely, Twitter at Blakely Latoya. I am also on the after show for Bravo's Camp Getaway. It is Tuesday. Well, yeah, we tape Tuesday nights. Um, I don't remember what time right now, <laughs> but just check us out. You can find us. Thanks for tuning in. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you next week. Buzz you later. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.